Hello, and welcome to the Beyond Earth show. I'm your host, Ray Trujillo, and I hope all of you have had an incredible two weeks past, and thank you again for your grace and your participation upon this day, May 20th, 2023's transmission. And um, I did want to express my gratitude again and just the appreciation for all of you beautiful souls that are present with us that walk the path of beauty and cosmic love and that integral strength to fortify the posit of meritorious efforts and endeavors into humanity and into the animal kingdom to mother Gaia, the creature kingdom, and also the planetary elements that reside and coexist amongst us, even if we don't always see them, but we know they're there, of course. And so this is the Beyond Earth show, and this is a show for everyone. And I've stated before, yet I'll state for anyone that needs a reminder or a new audience member, that in this particular realm of this earthly school in which there's so much of the mystery of the unknown where we truly want to, let's say, implore, invoke, seek, um, seeking more knowledge, looking at what we're comprised of and then what we can coexist and how we can commune with one another to enhance our life force here upon this planet earth in this here now in this space time continuum and how we can better the lives for everyone around us and the lives of all of the nature kingdom the earth and so forth in whichever capacity that we can contribute that and posit that cosmic sacred love the divine union that's living within all of us and that is what takes the precedence that is the integral virtue and it's inherently within all of us that we all have that ability that we all will seek a betterment and those of course that have been on the path longer than others and they're those that are newer to the path of any path of enlightenment whether it's path of christ the path of buddha the Shekinah, Shiva, anything that one considers the elemental kingdom, that it's overall the universal same language at the end of the day. It means the same resonance, that there is the law of goodness and the law of action and so many of the divine laws in which I speak of in this show, yet I just wanted to preface by including that. And so in this show, we do implore and introspect what indeed is beyond this realm, hence beyond earth show. And so when we do implore, are we really alone? Is this the final frontier of our existence whereby we further explore, we further excavate, we postulate, we hypothesize the great unknowns and all the paths in which I just spoke of, those paths to illuminate and evolve ourselves, no matter what the background may be, a previous um, 
background and it changed and you found another path for yourself that was more aligned and respective to yourself. The whole aspect of this is that it's unique to the individual self. And the show is for everyone, for all walks of life, all paths. And I do like to lovingly remind everyone again that when we have these walks and these paths of life and journeys of the soul, that when we truly commune in that manner, there's a culminated effort in the divine spectrum, in that divine prismatic spectrum of all that is holy, the holy universe, and the kingdom of God is within all of us, within you, within every creature, within the sun, within the ocean, within the land, within the mountains, within every foliage of trees, with every single aspect of nature. And also, when you look in the mirror, you are a reflection of the living God. You are a reflection of that you are worthy to be here. What a marvel of your existence to be here in this planet at this time in this realm. And so, yes, I, you know, I speak a lot and I, there's a lot to consider with what I'm expressing, of course, but it is always an honor and a privilege to be with all of you. And it's just my endeavor to help to remind and to help to illuminate, to posit empowerment wherever I can, and also to integrate further into the ethers that those that may need to hear a certain divine message for themselves that is unique to themselves, that there is a synchronicity, there's a synergy that occurs, of course. And so um, we do have a, if you're aware or if you're not aware, but we're in a beautiful new transition of the lunar of um, we're in a new moon of Taurus and it's a very auspicious time at this moment. So those of you that want to redirect with your prosperity, your placement, your love, your self-love, your organization and manifesting more of your goals and dreams. I just wanted to insert that of course, before I forgot to mention that. So in our previous show, I delved into the aspects of death and the transformational aspects of death, the metamorphosis, the resurrection. And I stated that I would like to continue it into the upcoming shows in which it is such a beautiful and broad, vastly gargantuan subject with so many subsets to it that one cannot just discuss certain notions of that topic that affects all of us in just a very short interval of time. And so I will be intermittently discussing that as I feel that there are a great many people that have asked for this topic to be discussed and that it's paramount to the self and the soul. So I speak of what I feel people would like to listen to, would like to hear, or would like to see what resonates with them. And consider for themselves and everyone has their opinions and their hypotheses and what they're the facts of course and there's logic and reason and then there's also the otherworldly spectrums in which 
what is tangible versus what is intangible, yet when we feel it is respective to ourself, there's the truth, which is your personal, your inner plain truth. And that's what's most important, is that when you feel that with conviction within the self, when you feel that in that beautiful resonation of that it's authentic to yourself, pay attention to that in your subtle body, pay attention to that in your etheric body, in your mind, body, spirit, the matrix of your heart, because the, the dynamic of that matrix is such as that there's a multitude of dynamics that are constantly, concurrently occurring in this beautiful marvel in our body, in our wheel, in our mind, and our superconscious state. Um, there's so much to discuss with that. But when I do speak of death and I speak of the great transformer that is life this world is a great transformer this planet is a great transformer this earth is a great transformer this life for each and every one of us is a great transformer yes all while though that death is also equally a great transformer and when we look upon something that all of us have in common that we're all born or we all are at the place where we're going to have rebirth, let's say. And so, and I'll get into reincarnation and all of that um, in maybe today and the next shows, of course. And in addition to when I state that death is the great transformer as well as life that we pronounce with life and the pronunciations of what we posit here, what we do while we're here what we can learn what we can teach what we can share what we can learn for our soul's journey our soul's lesson and then eventually to keep ascending and so therefore when we look upon that the effects that every single living organism upon this great planet earth and in the universal galactic aspects of the cosmos, let's say even then, ponder, let's ponder upon that, that even the stars, that they are gorgeous, they do have their magnanimous life force, and they exist for a certain duration. Our sun, think of our sun, all of these beautiful elements of God's creation, the nature kingdom, the galactic kingdom, in which the stars do themselves, they themselves do have a limited time. They might be alive for millions and billions of years, but they will expire at some point, but to be reborn, right? But when we look at our sun, for instance, and our grand solar minimum, our magneto shield, there's so much occurring all at once. We have our solar flares, our chronomassal ejections, and things I've touched upon in previous shows. Yet when we look at our sun experiencing the 12,000-year cycle that we are all truly embarking upon at this very moment, and there's this coexistence amongst these certain life cycles. So we witness these life cycles, and we see them every day. We see them in ourselves. We see them in the plants and the seasons and the 
the change of the seasons. We see them in nature. We see them with our children, with our elders, with our friends, with our colleagues, with our students, with our teachers. We see it every day, the evolution and the cycle. And so there's a power to that. There's a force to that. And there's the alchemical force as well, as you may see those that just really illuminate and shine and they shine, shine, shine. They might be very sick or they might have age with them where they're, they might be a hundred years old, but they look like they're 70, right? And, you know, they've utilized contrology. They utilized, maybe we could also say a great epigenetic and the genes. There's many factors that can be placed within that, but there's this energetic life force that all of us have the ability to resurrect and to inspire within, no matter what our current circumstance is, health-wise, age-wise, young or old, or going through a battle of health, or if you're at supreme optimal health, there are ways within the life force, within your auric field, and I'll get into that also, in which you can actually assist that part of the cycle of your etheric body, your soul star, your astral star, your energetic realm around you. There are ways to create that and manifest that for the self in which one could potentially dissuade and truly mitigate certain of the negative aspects or what is seeming to be negative um, as opposed to what people might consider Oh, that's just expected, right? So there's much to consider with that, where the cycle and the cycles in which we can control versus the cycles that are out of our control. Yet what we can do with the cycles that are within our control, then that is when we can revitalize those notions. And this can be part of the super conscious mind in the metahuman self, um, in the physiological body in the spiritual aspect of the body and that's part of the etheric body and so forth yet when we are, we have a biochemical response constantly to the cycles and so when you work on the mind and you work on your conscious state and your subconscious state and you're really reworking the neuroplasticity the conscious reconditioning and if you hear one negative thing or statement even if it's from yourself or if it was expressed to you so much throughout your life that now you hear it daily. Like for instance, I don't like your green hair and you love your green hair. You dyed it green because you love green. That's awesome. Yet someone your whole life has said to you, I don't like that you dye your hair green. And then you wake up and you have that thought within your deep recesses of your self that's internalized so deeply and it's literally saying, oh, I don't like my green hair. And then you look in the mirror and you say, I don't like my green hair. But what happened to the origin, the root of it? And I use these simple, simple, simple examples because it's not so serious at times in those ways. Yet there are very serious examples as well. But in these, I'm just giving the very subtle very minute, seemingly minute, where someone doesn't like someone's hair color that they chose to dye. It wasn't what you're born with, it's what you chose to dye your hair with, right? So 
when that person looks into the mirror and says, gosh, like, you know, Aunt Mary and Uncle Sam and, you know, Mother Gloria, you know, Aunt Julie, they they don't like my hair or my partner doesn't like my hair, huh? But I like my hair. But then every day you say to yourself, I like my hair. I love my hair. I am shifting. So when one does something like that, they're like, you know what? If they think that, that's their opinion. But I'm changing this cycle in myself. I'm not going to give a death to what I like for myself, what I prefer. I'm going to express my autonomy with the freedom of myself, the freedom of what I feel is best for me with my time on planet Earth. I want to have green hair. Beautiful. And if you want to dye it purple or black the next week, great. Go for it as long as it's for you. So that's just a simple, mini, minuscule example of how cycles can change, where you can have these ongoing cycles where it feels like it's the death of you while you're living and the death of your persona, the death of your individuality, the death of your expression, your self-expression, right? Yet when you take over that and you supersede that with your conscious reconditioning, you no longer eventually with, with patience and time and a great deal of consistency, you will then one day wake up and say, God, I love my hair. It's like my little pony hair. It's great. So that is a small, minute example again. But when I go into the more serious realms of when someone has been given a prognosis, a seeming death sentence of that they have a stage four cancer that cannot be, it's not operable. And there's no one who is available that is a match for bone marrow. Well, that is when the life force kicks in, in the person who is seeking for their internal salvation of their spirit and what is beyond their control. Yet they're still seeking in that cycle within what they can control, despite the cycle of their white and red, red blood cells, despite the fact of a immune system that is not cooperating with their physiological and biological body in the and that in their anatomical state. So when you are in that, when one is in that, or one is experiencing that, we all hold a space for an individual, even if the individual has consigned themselves to that, yes, I will die. But if we want to hold on a space of positive energy for them, despite what they may be told and what they don't know, how to operate with and what to uh, confront this information with. We hold space with respective love and unconditional love where we empathize with that person and whatever they want to do, whatever they feels best for them, we let them do what's best for them. And so there are places in the cycles in which I've been discussing now for the last moments, yet when we look at the metamorphosis, though, so with that human cycle of life and the metamorphosis, there are such laws of dissolution when it comes to life and death. And so in the context of the dissolution, where it's truly transcending our cloak of skin, 
and this is on the death cycle in the physical realm, the spirit realm. But you see how I was going into it, advancing into it with cycles of persona, the death of expression to the totality of the death of oneself, right? So you see how these cycles are constantly within our lives. Well, when we actually, even when we go to sleep at night, we're actually going into the great sleep for a certain interim. And those that have insomnia that can't sleep, there's a different, you know, there's a totally different inference for there. Yet, in the notion of that these cycles are constantly all around us in every way we look at it, even down to the most minuscule moments. And so when we transcend our cloak of skin, essentially the cloak of skin is our subtle body, the vessel. And so the main dilemma of death overall is that when we are withdrawn upon, we're taken from the love of life, let's say, that perhaps we feel like we're being extracted, we're being withdrawn from the essence of life. And in the truest form, I would say, of the deepest instinct within the human nature, the human heart, the human mind, whereby we can have that inference of that in our, our, let's say, theology or ideology or philosophy, or if one is atheistic, then that's fine also, but I'm just speaking of that in a myriad of belief systems, though, what really affects us in a culminated fashion is that the tangible applications in which, let's say, of science, let, let's, let's go there. So in science, there's such a determination that nothing is lost under divine law in many ways. And that, yes, that is a recognition of such the science, yet there is also this to interpret that, that ponder, let's ponder this, that the eternal persistence in some form or another form, is to be held as truth universally. And so when I say that, when I express that, that the eternal persistence, we think of, oh, there's an eternal realm, there's a persistence of that eternal subtext of that category, of that root, of that original some thought, that there's a persistence there that's aligned with the eternal realm, the eternal spectrum, right? That nothing ceases, that it continues onward. It's onward and onward and upward and onward. And when we look at that and we contemplate in that, let's say, let's just say that in the form of the universally held truth, which Many could argue one or the other, but I'm just stating that for this purpose right now to make, to postulate this theory. So when many theories like this are considered and contemplated, that there's such a proposal to us, and I speak of this with thoughtful consideration, 
yet the very first component can be debated, yet this is just speaking of such laws, the divine laws, in which we can look at the strictly materialistic solution. And so, remember how I was speaking of the eternal persistence in some form or another, right? And so, but when we look at the materialistic aspect, when we think of the materialistic aspect, there is a great deal of the experience of conscious life, but it is only as so long as a physical vessel the tangible form, materialistic, tangible, remember that. And so in the tangible form that exists and persists, existing and persisting in that eternal persistence. So hold on to that, bookmark that. And so when we learn this and we experience this and after there is such the experience of death, of the physical. And, of course, the thought could be the subsequent disintegration of the body, the disintegration of the carne, the flesh, the bone, that there is no longer any facet of the elemental spectrum of the conscious functioning. And so... When I say that, I also express, too, that the self-identified person, when I speak of that, there's so much to consider, of course, yet when we do look upon that in the element of identity, let's say I right now, I, I is me, I, I is you, but I am, I exist, I breathe. I like, I love, I sing, I dance, I play, I perform, I write, I pray, I chant, I manifest. I mean, there's so much with just in those simple notions of I, but that's in the self-identity, in the self-identification of the conscious self that is in the functioning of ourself while we're living, right? But if we look at it in the materialistic solution, there's a difficulty there that there's the clinging on to what is tangible and that it's only there for a certain time being, and then it ceases to exist. But the I, losing the identity of I, myself, and that is a very detrimental feeling at times for some to experience, yet but that's not all. There's so many different ways to look at that because the very sense of I truly is emphasized. That is the awareness of our personalities, our persona, the characteristics within us, the awareness of a personality. So there is a contradistinction there to all other personalities that when death arises, when death occurs, when that, that everything is seemingly vanquished, that it's eviscerated, that you are vanished, I am vanished, with the disappearance of my form, let's say. I'll use me as an example. So in that way, does that mean that my personality is believed to be exclusively 
perhaps the symbol of the conscious stream of myself in my cells of my body. So there is much of this with reincarnation that this is why I'm discussing this, because this is one modality, one notion of thought that does affect us all, that we can have debates with people, we can have discussions, we can have uh, some type of um, civilized discourse with one another about all these probabilities, right? But there's so much with the personality that can be interpreted within the cellular function of the body, which can also be aligned with the etheric body in the spirit and the soul that can transcend and proceed with reincarnation if one believes in that. And I have seen that occur in my lifetime. So this is why I'm expressing these things because I'm just sharing and everyone is respective to their belief system. I'm just expressing what I've observed in my life through many people as well as my own. And so when we look at this personality, the persona, the archetype of how the I, the self-identification of the conscious self, the conscious form, in that eternal perpetuation. So we think upon that, we culminate in, um, let's say, unity, we work together with looking through and advancing the pronouncements of our theories, what we're taught, what we experience, what we can consider and truly authentically consider. And so in that personality spectrum, it's it can be believed to be exclusively the sum total of the consciousness. And so in our bodies, when we do reflect upon this strictly materialistic solution in which I was speaking of, it relegates us as man and woman. It relegates us as the human, the divine human, to the same state as other forms in the fellow kingdoms, let's say. We have many kingdoms, yet I'll speak of it in this way that we have our nature kingdom, we have our galactic kingdom, we have our planetary kingdom. There's so many kingdoms, yet in the fellow kingdoms that exist in nature with us, there is at times this non-sensitivity in which the average human being in life has a proclivity, let's say, to have that feeling in which I was expressing earlier about that withdrawn, extracted from such the tangible vessel, the vehicle, our subtle body, right? And so in these instances, when one can consider that or be told this, that there, there's a bypass of the seemingly, let's say, ignored of all evidence which is to the contrary, actually, that can state that due to what we cannot see, again, the tangible versus the intangible, due to what we cannot see in many realms with thine own physical eye and to feel it with my senses and and also to prove tangibly that the persistence in which I, in the self-identification I, 
the immortal entity existence. And so I could say post-mortem, after death, that is that immortal entity, does it exist post-mortem? Does it exist after death? Does it exist in the hereafter? Does it exist? Is there a hereafter, right? So, and so when we look at that in the materialistic place and statement, which I'm going to get into more, of course, at some point, but that it is non-existent. There are many that believe that in the materialistic dissolution of that when, you know, back in the Victorian ages, there was a great deal of emphasis upon that, which is vastly different than the, let's say, my one of my favorites is the Egyptians um, and the Egyptian ideology. But there, there's these emphasis that can be very broad and can be very disparaging at times and where it's like the the identity of myself do i exist do i not exist and and then if we look at the theory of maybe the conditional immortality in which there's the notion of heaven and hell and and i'm not you know i love god i love jesus and i'm not speaking anything negative about anyone but when i speak of death though and in the theoretical aspect of conditional immortality in which there is a condition upon which your eternal salvation, your eternal soul will be salvaged upon certain doings and non-doings and actions in which at the end of the day, there is a law of karma and that can be attributed also to reincarnation. If you're good in this life and then you can be reborn in the next and have a really blessed life, right? So there are so many ways to integrate and to align these notions together. But when I speak of that materialistic impression, it can be very much that the I, the withdrawn, the self-identity, that eternal perpetuation, that there's so much to consider with that, but I've seen so much of the truth in the eternal perpetuation of the self, of the conscious self, of the beings that we do not just end here. Our lives do not just end here. And so in in reflection of all this, though, I do want to express this, that when we have these theories that are exclusively to those who, let's say, reach a particularly righteous, like enlightened sort of stage of hmm, supreme spiritual awareness, I'll say that. You have many of people who are much in that way where they exalt that they speak of, that it's their truth and that's fine. And but then no one truly knows exactly because everyone has a different element, a different path, a different dharma, and also a different wheel of karma. And also in the reflecting mirror of God, in the observational realm of all, and in our hall of records and so forth, in the recording angel, we all have a great deal of purpose 
And we all have a great deal of mistakes that we are transgressions that we seek forgiveness or we want to rectify and we want to cleanse our karma or we want to pay it forward or however one wants to look at it. But we're all here to be students. We're all here to learn and to improve and evolve and continue the evolution of ourselves while we're here for the betterment, for the hope of that we're accomplishing our mission here and what is hereafter when the great beyond our life after this life in which we all hope that it's exactly what we hoped and dreamed and prayed for it, correct? So no matter how you look at it, in the majority of belief systems, there's a great deal of the, in all true sincerity, there's a great deal of belief in the afterlife. So when you look at the common, the sum denominator, what you can deduce from that, let's say, maybe one out of ten, there might be the atheistic principle where we disintegrate and that's it, and the consciousness dies, the I, the self-identification dies with it. Everything you've ever learned and everything you've ever worked for, everything you've ever introduced or posited into the world, and it, it just doesn't exist. It ceases to exist. It's just tacit, desist, no longer. And that's respective to the person that believes that. That's respective to their interpretation. And I honor everyone's interpretation. I honor everyone. Yet there are those that we do see beyond the veil. We can communicate. We've seen the other side. We've known the other side very well, very intimately, and very beautifully. We've seen it, and we've seen it with such a force of purity and of love and of sacredness and of virtue to assist our fellow brothers and sisters here upon earth that may need our help at times with things such as that, with the transformer of death and metamorphosis and the bereavement and the mourning and the processes that go along with Losing one that we love, losing a best friend, a parent, a child, losing a child in utero, right? Or there's so much of that that people do consider, and some people might not be able to confront it with that consideration, and that's their own perspective, of course. Yet those that truly feel the pain of mourning, and they feel and they feel lost why does this occur well it's it is the transformation it is part of the metamorphosis yet that cycle of life the physical shell that cloak of skin may no longer serve here on planet earth but the physical self was limited anyways in the notion of transcending and going to the great beyond and the liberation of the self, the soul, in which now, in many ways, that self-expression, that I, that self-identity, that eternal perpetuation 
does exist. In my view, I will confidently state that it exists. And yet, if someone tells me the contrary, I respect their opinion, I respect their belief system, but I'm speaking of what I know. And I have seen it, I experienced this, and I, I cannot lie. I cannot renounce anything that I've seen personally myself. So, therefore, I speak what I know, I speak the truth, and there is so much beyond this veil. There's so much beyond this third dimensional realm. We transcend into the fourth dimension and the fifth dimension and so on and so on. But in the school of life in which we experience, we experience our empowerment, our humility, our humbleness, our lessons of love and receiving love, giving love, and to give and to receive and to do good and to be good, and to truly love one another, forgive one another, emphasize all the positivity that one can, while when negative aspects occur, that we help each other through it, that we help our fellow brother and sister through a dark night of the soul, or a place where they need to feel nurtured, in a place where they have no one else to turn to, but you may possess the Holy Grail for them, to provide and contribute that sacred heart, that sacred space of non-judgment, of unconditionality, of altruism, that I accept you, my dear brother, I accept you, my dear sister, and I walk the path with you. Let's take a walk together. Let's walk. And we can walk with Christ, we can walk with Buddha, with Kuan Yin, with the Blessed Virgin Mary, with the archangels, with the saints. We can walk with all of them if we choose, if we want to. But you do not have to walk alone in this world. You do not have to walk this path alone. You can always call upon the ascended masters. You can always call upon the celestial kingdom, your starseed beings, the galactic council. And there's so much in this tendency of that I just have to say when when people express to me that you know because of certain backgrounds and belief systems and uh, their fear the great fear and so there's that even in uh, intelligentsia let's say that um, there are those that have a proclivity and there's always this egoistic tendency. It, it's just there. It's always there of where receiving the gift of personal immortality, right? And sometimes we focus so much on the fear and the fear of so many realms that it's not actually the significance. The significance is to, if you love and you honor and you cherish this realm, and you cherish others, and if you have a belief in the cosmic power of love, my belief is in God and of Jesus Christ, yet when there is the love for one another, no matter what form your theological background or non-theological 
difficult. If you know how to love someone and love an animal, love, nurture, know how to nurture and just embrace and you're kind and you're good and you have just a lot of positivity to help other people with, there is so much of that, that even if you don't believe in God, God sees it. And I'm sorry if that sounds contradictory, but the universal realm, the angelic guides, the celestial kingdom, they see it all in every one of us, no matter what you believe. So whenever there's a fear that I fear that that person does not have their salvation set forth, well, that's between the person and their God or their non-God or the universal. There is something there. And again, I'm not not discrediting anyone and their particular, but one, when it's casually expressed, there is the emphasis of the deeper realms of the individual, the deeper realms of what their soul's contract is. Many of our souls, all of our souls, in fact, we do contract in, of course. And so my, my big emphasis here is that when we continue with the path of love and we love into life. We learn from life and death. So we learn from death. We learn from life and life is for the living. Yes. But we also learn from the dead. And again, the dead is dead just in the physical, in the spiritual realm. They are extremely, they're living far beyond what you and I could imagine. There's a limitation of this third dimension. And in this realm in which I speak of that, and uh, maybe the next show I can get into the next aspects of these topics, yet there's a place in the conditional immortality, the materialistic realm, and also in the place of reincarnation. And so when I look into the multi-spectrum, the prismatic aspects of the rebirth pool, right? So there is a great deal to discuss of that in which I believe that I probably will extend in that in the upcoming shows, of course, because this is such, like I said before, a very broad and expansive topic that affects all of us. And so when you are in that process of focusing on what is for yourself, the tenets of virtue in the veneration of yourself. And when you want to leave the world a better place, you want to contribute to the world. You want to help children. You want to help animals, the elderly. You want to help your fellow brother or sister. You want to just, do whatever you can to, quote-unquote, let's say, make your mark or to um, leave the world better than when you entered it, right? Everyone has some sort of dynamic of that soul's inference, of that internal inherent motivation to contribute to society, to contribute to this realm, to contribute in some way some path and it could be in a smile it could be that 
gosh, when Janie shows up to work every day and works a 16 hour shift, my goodness, like she raises the morale of all of us on, you know, the staff on this floor. Oh, when I go to the market, you know, Mr. Sorensen, he always says hello and how do you do? And he remembers everybody and, you know, he's just so pleasant and it's so nice. And I like to see him and I like to bring him cookies and, you know, gifts to say hi, you know, during holidays, whatever it might be. I'm just expressing little inferences, little instances. But when one is really wanting to pray for the world, to chant for the world, to bestow blessings, to invoke, to call in. I want to help the animals. I want to help the children. I want to help the safety of children. I want to help the safety of elders and fellow, you know, of all ages, right? I just want to help in any way I can. Dear God, dear Father in heaven, what would you have me do? Where would you have me go? Who would you have me speak to? I'm here to go about my father's business. So for all of you, whatever you believe in or don't believe in, I'm, again, just speaking, yet there is a lot to that. So if you walk the path of Christ or a Buddha or both or anything, you, I'm just speaking here that there's so much in the law of Dharma, your divine purpose, what your purpose is upon this realm. And the future dharma of yourself, the cause and effect of that. So I'm here to go about my father's business. Okay, let's bookmark that in the Jesus Christ principle. And then we have what is my soul's purpose, my dharma in the Buddhist principle, right? So going about my father's business is technically a purpose, correct? And having Dharma, having a purpose, is technically going upon the business to contribute to the divine, to Buddha, to the Bodhisattva, to the all-seeing eye of God, of the threefold flame, of the Godhead, of the universal cosmic kingdom, right? And so there's a duality, and it merges, and it coexists in such a beautiful harmonious method and manner in which there's room for everyone. There's room for everyone as long as it's of love and the positive seeking to help influence everywhere we go some aspect of love and peace, harmony and respect. And this also includes when we take the moment and time to Look upon the cycles of life. Look upon the cycles of the moon and the cycles of the regeneration of planet Earth and our animal kingdom and our kingdom. And so when we look at that further and when we're in utero and then we reach our cycle post-mortem and so forth, and, but when we look at it like in that context where there's only one great principle of love. And in closing, there's that unification of love. 
of the entirety of the universe. And there's the presence of the Christ. There's the presence of the Buddha, of the Shekinah, Shiva. There are so many, so many, so many, right? And the elemental kingdom. And so when we focus on that, whatever is conducive to you, there's the indication to all of humanity that the fact of our soul, our soul's worth, our soul's purpose, and that we are truly saved, that salvation being saved by the livingness of that soul. And truly, I'm going to say something that might not be well received by everyone, yet when I speak of that we are saved by the livingness of that soul, and yes, I'm placing in the presence of Christ, absolutely, yet the only hell truly is here on earth itself. And so when we learn to work out our own salvation that's actuated by the principles of love and of light and incited of that, that is when we are on the inner verge of our own soul's perpetual journey of success and eternal life. And there is so much beyond. And so in addition to my closing, I wanted to thank all of you for your participation and the subscribers and new subscribers. And I will continue this on our next show in the next two weeks. And it has been a pleasure and an honor always to be with you today. And again, I'm Ray Trujillo, your host of the Beyond Earth show. And I wish you all a beautiful, beautiful, happy new moon and happy two weeks forward. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Bye.